You're getting the most out of being at a game with American Express. The card member entrance, the lounge, and out tip-off. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Luke to Paul George. Curling, catching. Oh, damn! Here's Kawhi for three. Good! Kawhi Leonard with a grown man's move. Last night it was the NBA suspending its season after Rudy Gobert of the Utah Jazz tested positive for the coronavirus. This thing is so scary, we don't know anything about it. This hiatus will be at least 30 days. The NBA Board of Governors has approved a 22-team restart in Orlando, Florida at Disney World. Welcome into the Hangtime Podcast. I'm your host, Seku Smith. We are cranking up and rolling into... NBA restart in Orlando, July 30th, the Walt Disney Resort, speaking to experts on all 22 teams who will be restarting the NBA season. Sean Powell of NBA.com joins us today, our LA Bureau Chief, to talk to us about the Los Angeles Clippers. What does it look like for them going into Orlando as one of the true favorites of this entire thing? I will say we don't even know the Clippers yet. And the reason why I say that is because of injuries and midseason trades and pickups, they haven't had their full allotment of players for but about five minutes, maybe lunch. Other than that, you know, players have been out. Just take, for example, their two stars, uh, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. They've only played 22 of 53 games together. That's not the kind of chemistry, for example, that LeBron James and Anthony Davis have with the Lakers. And you can go to some other twosomes around the NBA among the contenders, and they've played more games together. And what's critical about that is these guys haven't played for the last three, four, five years together. Uh, This was their first year together. So that's one thing. The other thing is that they added uh, some new players, uh, Reggie Jackson, Joe Kim Noah, Marcus Morris. Those guys were added just before the season was suspended. And again, they haven't been able to incorporate those new players into the lineup. Uh, So when you throw that all into the mix, you're wondering, hey, what are the real Clippers? And then you realize, well, you know what? This team hasn't really been healthy all year, and yet they're just, what, five games behind the Lakers. So what does that say? That says that when they get their stuff together, maybe they're the best team in the NBA. On paper, they look like the deepest group in the entire league. Well, they were deep before they even added Reggie Jackson and Marcus Morris. And now those were two guys who started on their previous teams. So you add them to Montrez Harrell and Lou Williams. And, you know, the Clippers are bringing, you know, at least four players off the bench who either have long resumes or who were starters in the league or who've been very productive. But as you know, the Sekou, when you get to the playoffs, you know, that rotation shrinks a little bit. So maybe Reggie Jackson really doesn't play that much, or maybe Marcus Morris doesn't play that much. Or if you bring those players in, if they don't get hot right away, they may not be on the floor again. It all depends on how Doc Rivers wants to use that bench. You also have to keep in mind that Kawhi Leonard, um, you know, his playing time has been spotty, and also he didn't play back-to-backs. But, of course, once the playoffs begin, he's going to be playing about 38 minutes a night. There's not going to be a lot of time for his backup. Uh, Same, I would imagine, for Paul George. 
you know, one thing about this long layoff is that it's helped guys like Kawhi Leonard heal. It's helped guys like Paul George, who had a shoulder issue, heal. Those guys are rested and they're ready to go. I can't imagine that there'll be anything but workhorses once the uh, once the season resumes. Joe Noah is a player that intrigues me, Sean, with his experience, the chip that he's always played with. How does he fit chemistry-wise on this team? Well, again, you know, he showed up. He didn't play a minute. I don't even know if they issue him a uniform, Seku. <laughs> it's been that short a time. The uh, Joakim Noah that we knew who finished, what, third in the third or fourth in the MVP voting back in Chicago was about six, seven years ago, a guy who was just a rebounding fool, great defensive player, pick and roll player. I'm not so sure that Joakim Noah exists. But if you can get flashes of that and, you know, provided he's healthy, which he is, then maybe you can just get a little bit stronger in the middle. Like, for example, if you play the Lakers in the playoffs, you know the Lakers are bringing that size, then maybe the, the Clippers can combat that a little bit with uh, Zubac and maybe Joe Kim Noah can go in there and use his veteran smarts and his physicality to help offset th- that advantage that the Lakers have with JaVale and Guy and Dwight Howard. So uh, there might be certain situations along the way. Joe Kim Noah will be a help. Obviously, there are going to be situations where he's just not going to play because you're going to go up against uh, some small ball teams. So I think it really depends on the draw, uh, the philosophy of Doc Rivers, and whether or not Joe Kim Noah can uh, be of help. Again, we haven't seen him play in, in, a, in a significant role in some time. We spent all season thinking about that L.A. showdown, battle for L.A. at Staples Center. We won't get it at Staples, obviously. But do we still have the opportunity, you think, to see that Lakers-Clippers showdown to see who comes out of the West? I think the Clippers are probably the happiest that we won't see it at Staples Center because that means it won't be a bunch of Laker fans at Clipper games. You know, you're going to have this in Orlando. Everybody's on even footing as far as the atmosphere is concerned. And the Clippers certainly didn't enjoy that whenever they played the Lakers uh, at home, quote-unquote, at home, uh, at Staples. So that's one advantage they have. The other thing is that, uh, yeah, I understand that the Lakers won the last meeting. LeBron James had a really good game. But uh, the Clippers have pretty much had their way against the Lakers for the most part during the season. And again, they really weren't at full strength. The very first time they met, Paul George wasn't on the floor. The best player in the playoffs that we saw was not on the Lakers. He was on the Clippers because Kawhi Leonard. It's a guy who carried the Toronto Raptors to the NBA Finals, a guy who's healthy, and we assume can probably do the same with the Clippers. And you could argue that he has a better co-star with the Clippers than he had with the Raptors, with Paul George. Given all that, I would probably say of, of all the threats standing in front of the Lakers, talking about the Bucks if they get to the Finals, talking about Denver... I would probably say the Clippers match up better against the Lakers than any other team that we assume will qualify for the playoffs. To have a coach like Doc, who's won it all, had contenders before, are we underrating the, the Doc Rivers factor in this postseason? Well, Doc certainly knows his way around the clipboard. He is a good motivator of talent, of players, of superstars. Uh, We've seen this in the past with his teams in Boston. We saw that with Lob City. 
So you have to like Doc Rivers' chances in terms of what he brings to the table as a coach. But it has been a long time since Doc Rivers won a championship. So I think that he also has a little bit to prove the fact that he can get right back on that championship saddle and ride a contender. We haven't seen that since, you know, he won with uh, the Boston Celtics when they beat the Lakers. So, um, again, I don't think Doc Rivers is a guy who's, you know, going to be outcoached. He certainly is not a weakness for the Clippers. And I think in a fair amount of playoff series, if the Clippers are matched up against certain teams, I think Doc Rivers would be the X factor. I know we've had at least one Clippers player who's been very vocal uh, in terms of social justice issues off the court. Lou Williams has has not uh, shied away from that. Uh, Is that a potential issue or something else to keep an eye on for these Clippers team in terms of participation of their players? I think, Sekou, uh, sometimes we have to separate the emotion of the moment, you know, uh, with reality. And and these, these are basketball players. Yes, they're human beings first, first and foremost. And yes, they have the same emotions and issues and things that we all have. But there's a basketball season to be played, which I assume is going to be a huge audience watching these games. What better statement can you make by playing basketball and saying what you have to say? They have the platform. But I would assume uh, not just Lou Williams, but a lot of NBA players, they want to play ball and they want to make their statement that way on the court with the nation watching them and then off the court with the platform that's going to be afforded them in the playoffs. There's no question about that. A huge platform in Orlando at Walt Disney World. And Sean, we're going to take a break and and get into that exactly. Welcome back to the Hang Time Podcast talking with Sean Powell as we dive into the Los Angeles Clippers. We wanted to have a little fun with a little lightning round, questions and answers. We're calling it Keys to the Magic Kingdom. And for the Clippers, first and foremost, what matchup is a beauty for the Clippers in Orlando? I would probably say an early matchup would be the Clippers and the Mavericks. I just think that that would just be irresistible basketball. You have the established... NBA champion and Kawhi Leonard, you know, and his cohort, Paul George. And then you have Luka Doncic, who is an emerging superstar. Someone might even say he's already a superstar, but he has no idea what the playoffs are like. He hasn't been thrown to that fire. So he would get a taste of some fire, Sekou. The kind of fire that you spit out on these podcasts. You know, he, he, that would just be fantastic basketball because you would have a good matchup between a guy who is a ace defender and Kawhi Leonard going up against Luca, who brings the multiple skills that can elevate a team almost by himself. His passing, his shooting, his creativity off the dribble, all those things, his magnetism. Uh, so I just I just think that on one hand you would have the Clippers, the established vets going up against uh, the young newcomer who's trying to earn his stripes. I just think that would just be irresistible from a fan standpoint. On the flip side, what what matchup would be a beast for the Clippers? The one that immediately comes to mind is Lakers because the last time they met, 
And that was a big game at Staples Center. And the Lakers prevailed, even though the Clippers, for the most part during the season, seemed to have the Lakers number. And, you know, one of the more enduring images is when Pat Beverly knocked the ball out of LeBron James's hand in the final seconds, the, uh, the game before uh, the Lakers beat the Clippers. And, you know, Pat was all mouth after that. And the Clippers won that game. But look, you still have LeBron James. Uh, and the Lakers are still sitting pretty on top of the West. So obviously that would be their toughest matchup. But an another underrated matchup, I think, might be Denver. And, and the reason why I say Denver is because the Nuggets are one of the few teams that can possibly at least look at the Clippers eye to eye in terms of depth. You know, I mean, they've got some decent veterans, you know, Paul Millsap, a couple of others. They got some young guys coming up, you know, Jamal Murray, one guy. And then they got the big guy in the middle. So you figure, he, you know, he can be the superstar that the, that the Nuggets need to go far in the playoffs. But again, if you're looking at a dark horse, you know, you're looking at Jokic, you look at the Denver Nuggets, they can possibly give the Clippers some fits. The, the genie in the bottle, Sean, what are your three wishes for the Clippers, if you rub in that bottle? Well, the first wish, obviously, is that Kawhi Leonard stays healthy. Uh, he stays healthy, man, they're going to be tough to beat. I mean, he, he just impacts both ends of the floor, in my opinion, better than LeBron James, uh, arguably better than uh, Giannis. Uh, I would say even better than Giannis in that Kawhi Leonard has a championship and Giannis doesn't, or actually Kawhi has two. So uh, I would say Kawhi Leonard being healthy. The other thing, Paul George in this last couple playoff series, he hasn't been great. If you recall with Oklahoma City, his three-point shot sort of deserted him. Uh, and those guys lost to the Portland Trailblazers. And it was Paul George, the guy who was a little late defensively uh, on that big shot uh, that toppled uh, Oklahoma City by Damon Lillard. So... I think Paul George has to be more towards like he has to play at his peak level and just be as close to Leonard in terms of impact as possible. The other thing, the third thing I would say is that, uh, you know, Lou Williams coming off the bench, uh, if he can give uh, the opposition fits as he did last year, you know, when the Clippers were undermanned, but yet Lou Williams went you know, was on fire against the Warriors. If he can, if he's a type of guy who can give you a point a minute production coming off the bench, then the Clippers have that balance. Now you got to try to outscore a team that's bringing Kawhi Leonard who can score 30. Paul George can get you 25 to 30. And then Lou Williams can give you 20 to 25. I mean, that's a, that's a tall order for a lot of teams. What about Splash Mountain? the most likely to make an unexpected splash during the Clippers playoff run? Landry Shannon. Now, again, you know, when you were talking about last year, the Clippers had a little stirring run against the Warriors in the first round. They won a couple games. Landry Shannon was on fire. And this is a guy who is getting his first taste of the playoffs. And yet he was hitting three-point shots Looked very good. Great addition for the Clippers who, who had obtained him from the Sixers. So 
he was very good. Now, when this season started, he had his ups and downs. But if he can come in and be the three-point shooter that the Clippers will need when the defense is, is doubling up on Kawhi Leonard and paying heavy attention to Paul George, they're going to be looking for Shamit to knock down that open three-point shot. Now, during the season, he, sh he made 39%. If he can inch that up even more in the playoffs, because he's going to be open, he's going to see all these open looks. You're talking about a team that can spread the floor and give you offensive production from a lot of different angles, three-pointers, down low with, with Trez, uh, off the dribble with Lou and Kawhi. You know, if they add just one more player of unpredictability to that mix, you know, the Clippers are going to be very tough to guard. Who will have the best golf game in Orlando for the Clippers? Nobody's going to get close to Doc Rivers, you know. I mean, I remember going out to the uh, Clippers training camp in Hawaii, and they had their camp in Honolulu at the University of Hawaii. It was in the morning. And I said, Doc, did you bring your clubs? And he looked at me like it was the dumbest <laughs> question that he would hear all season. Of course I brought my clubs. I said, oh, you're going to play? He said, of course, I'm going to play. I said, okay, where are you playing? He says, well, the plane is going to pick me up at about another couple hours, and we're going to the big island to play. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait what? Look, when you have an owner who's worth $35 billion, yes, he can bring his private plane, pick up Doc Rivers after practice, both of them go over to the big island, Okay, play golf and then come back in time for dinner. That is living. I don't think any of the Clippers players, and that's, that's assume, assuming any of them really play golf, I don't think they're going to be at that level of addiction like Doc Rivers. Which Clippers player is most likely to sneak his candy into one of the movie screenings? That's a Pat Beverly team. You know, <laughs> he might even take your candy if you're standing there say <laughs> you know because uh he's a tough guy but i would probably say pat beverly is probably number one on the list only because i suspect he's probably done that a time or two when he was growing up in chicago a true fairy tale ending for these clippers what does it look like for them to hoist that larry o'brien trophy you think about how far the clippers have gone under steve Ballmer. Here's a guy who came in, cleaned up the mess from Donald Sterling, basically has run a first-class operation, beefed up everything, scouting, coaching, things like that. Basically, he put his money where his mouth is. Uh, he has done, I think, as much as any owner in the NBA the last few years. So I would probably say for someone like Steve Ballmer, who has helped the so-called second team in L.A. attain elite status, uh, to be able to win a championship, uh, I, I think that that would be something good to see. There's the other reason why you want Steve Ballmer to win a championship, because you want to see him dance at the parade. You know it's going to be crazy. <laughs> you know it's going to be crazy. That guy, if you've seen him sitting at courtside watching an ordinary game in February, he's going crazy. Can you imagine him, you know, up on the stage, and him doing something that, you know, we'll all remember for the rest of our lives, I think that that could happen. The other fairy tale is Kawhi Leonard winning back-to-back -back championship with two different teams. You know, not that that's happened. I don't know. Has that happened before? I don't know. 
even know, but where he's been the primary primary player. We, we've had players win championships on different teams, but were they the main player? So that too would also be a fairy tale attachment to the Clippers. It's what an intriguing potential season for the Clippers, Sean. Just a fascinating way for them to resume this season, along with 21 other teams. Um, and that's why we're here on the Hangtime Podcast, taking a daily look as we lead up to the restart of this NBA season. July 30th in Orlando at Disney Wild World of Sports. The Clippers will be a team we'll be keeping a keen eye on. Sean Powell, NBA.com, senior writer, West Coast Bureau Chief, the man. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate your insights and expertise, my friend. Yes, sir. 